This episode of Let's Meet is brought to you by The Clean. To 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 the clean. Defending against dirt for budgets and spaces big and small. You can reach them at 513-720-3115. Hail the scrub. On the 32nd episode of Let's Meet Let's Part meet 2 of 3, Digger loses 100 pounds in 6 months, Digger sweats butter, Michael and Tim make poor financial decisions, Digger hates budgeting, and what's the smartest financial thing someone should do first? So after Cincinnati, you went to New Orleans? New Orleans. So I get cut in the spring of, uh, I guess it was 09. Yeah. And then it's funny. I mean, you get cut and then you just don't really know what the hell's next. Yeah. And uh, three days later, I'm golfing with my dad and get a call from the agent. And he says, you're on a plane tonight. So you just hop on a plane and go down. And I uh, was with New Orleans. And that kind of stunk because when I got down there, I was like, again, probably like 300 pounds. But That's a lot of heat for 300 pounds. Oh, that is right? the hardest football camp I've ever been part of. <laughs> it was so hot and humid down there. Yeah, it sounds gross. I mean, it'd be like field so temperature hard. every day is like 120. You're like, oh, cool. And then we got to do one of those <laughs> things where, which, which guys hate. It's like where you go to another city and like practice with that team and then play them in the preseason. Oh. And we didn't go to like New York or Minnesota. We went to Houston. Oh, like, yeah. Sweet. Here we oh, go. Yeah. Just as humid. And, Might um, as well be Ecuador. Right. <laughs> you guys all just took cars there. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> brutal. So we get through camp and get cut. And that was the year they won the Super Bowl. It was like, that sucks. They were oh, you didn't get to be for, part of yeah, it. Yeah, oh. Yeah. yeah. So then I kind of wait a lot of that season uh, just training. I actually got licensed to do what I do now. In the off season, because Dad was always just saying, "Hey, you know, the game could be over like that. Yeah, just yeah. make sure you know what you want to do when it's over." So I had a buddy who was like, "Dude, I think you'd be good at this." And uh, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll start getting the process done." And if football didn't work out, I'll hop into it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the year, then Baltimore called. It was funny because I started losing weight with New Orleans. I was probably like got up to like three ten, and once I got cut, I just kind of started to lose weight. I always had trouble gaining weight. I was eating like eight thousand calories a day. Um, so I just kept in shape, but I was sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you enjoyed your life so much. Yeah. It was awful. I was you, you get tired of eating. I'm sure. And uh, so we, I, uh, I get down to like two seventy eight, which for an offensive lineman is That's very light. small. Yeah. And my agent calls me. He goes, "Hey, Baltimore wants you up there." And I'm just like, "Holy hell, dude!" I was like, I'm dude, "Have they seen me?" He was like, "Just start drinking and eating everything you can." So I'm on the flight, you know, just housing sandwiches and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. I go through a physical, a physical, and they never weighed me. I'm like, oh, sweet. And then they signed me. So nice. <laughs> Baltimore and went, went there at like 280 and ended up by the time I left, which is the end of that year, it's 325. So, oh, yeah. You and did again, it. And, and to give you an example of like eating, how stressful it is, uh, I, you know, Chipotle would always be a constant, like two burritos when you go. But yeah. one day I went to Boston Market. And got a, a four-person family meal. It was like ten pieces, three sides, four biscuits, and just crushed it. And you, like, yeah. yeah, didn't even like. like and you didn't think about it. Yeah, you're like, and then a weight gain shake on top. Right. Yeah. Well, that's we had um, one of our other guests was um, Megan McCauley. She's a friend of, of mine, and she's a CrossFit trainer and coach and a competitive athlete too. And she and her husband both do uh, the competitions and all that stuff, and, oh, wow. and talking about what they eat as well. Uh, it obviously pales in comparison to an NFL lineman, <laughs> but it's like the 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 quality of food is different because I yeah. imagine that you're just you're taking in whatever you well, can. At that point, yeah, I was like, but it's funny though. I hit three twenty, and all of a sudden the metabolism was like 
just stopped. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I, I kind of had to start watching it. <laughs> but from like 300 to 320, oh, it was tough. I mean, it was really tough. But then when I yeah. got finished playing, I mean, shoot, I lost 100 in about six six months. No wow. kidding. That's yeah. pretty fast. Well, was it just changing your diet? It was 8,000 calories to about 2,500. But I still love like the training aspect, so yeah. I'd still be in the gym six days a week. Yeah, I went from like 325 to about 218 in like six months. And then my family was like, oh, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, you, man, I feel fantastic. Sick? I feel yeah. the best I've ever had. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. It's, it's yeah. taken me six months ago from 230 to 226. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of weight. It was a lot. What you have yeah. to do is go, you have to eat 8,000 calories a day. Okay, fine. Put a hundred on it then. For four years. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You put it in perspective. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Let's but, do this together. But you have to be. You already have to be a seventy percent muscle at yeah, least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, when you're doing that, when you're, when you're three twenty, you're still like you know probably eighteen percent body fat. So you're not right. Totally just so that lounging around. That fat goes away even if you <laughs> right. probably just sit down and watch TV for yeah. a while. As I always told me when I had that power belly, I'm like, I know there's a six pack just sitting underneath there or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's got to be under there. And then you had to show everyone. <laughs> yeah. Now, Tim has brought up some pictures here, and I'm oh, looking. No, I know at, looking. And at. you, it's it's this one that I really want to know. You look like a young Mike Golick a little bit. <laughs> it's this. This is the picture that <laughs> oh, I want. Oh, it's to my ask long about. hair, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, this That's one. the one. Can you explain what was going so, on there? Yeah. So yeah. there's a time and place for everything. It's called college. Uh, that's what we that have is. a similar hairstyle, yeah. Digger, I'm uh, pretty sure. So actually, that was I probably... Think we, we all look like that around that same time. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. That is true. That, that's yeah. probably like midway, too. So I got down to about here, and I donated about 12 inches. Oh, here. yeah. And it's funny, because that was going into my... That was my junior year, so going into my senior year... Again, I was taking you, you know, somehow school got all and finance, ladies, right? very important. Oh, yeah, yeah. killing it. Right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like curly locks? Are you kidding me? Right. I can imagine this one. Have you seen Digger eat 14 hot yeah. cheddar biscuits? Yeah. <laughs> it's so hot. Uh, Take him to the lobster. Oh, God. <laughs> I bet so, he sweats butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, turns out he did. <laughs> so, yeah, the... Going into senior year, I'm like, shoot, man, maybe I should try and get like a co-op or something just in case football doesn't work out. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't walk into an interview like this. <laughs> I should have, but I didn't. So I yeah, yeah. did the, you know, yuppie cut. So yeah. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. Then after after New Orleans, you went up to Baltimore. Yep. You got that better weather back, kind of. Yeah. It was a lot Baltimore's better. nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, Tim's it's like sweating. Cincinnati, I feel like. Tim's been similar. had several experiences in Baltimore. Isn't that where one of your family members lived? Yeah, I lived for a while, and so yeah. I visited there. I, yeah, I like nice. it a lot. It's a nice little area. Uh, yeah, I mean, downtown's hit or miss, but uh, like the harbor. The harbor cool. area is actually really nice. Yeah. And, then and then once you get out of that, it's kind of like well, I never Memphis. Went, I never <laughs> went to minute. Annapolis, but Annapolis is... I, I, I ended up going to Annapolis a couple years ago, but that is a sweet town. Oh, I've heard where the Naval Academy is. Yeah. It's really sweet. Uh, but never went there when I was in Baltimore. But yeah, just... And then when I got cut from Baltimore, my girlfriend then, my wife now, was still in Cincinnati. And really, guys, I was just like burnt out on football. Yeah. I'm like, I'm tired of this. And I was like, I'm ready to start a career. Came back, hopped in with Lincoln Financial. Yeah, so, so you you went from doing something that a small percentage of people wish they could do mm-hmm. to doing something that a large percentage of percentage of people need to understand and know what to do <laughs> yes that's so absolutely what correct. how what was that transition like because that's yeah. you majored in finance right i was a finance guy finance yeah. and real estate but most in college they're, they're doing a much better job of it now it's like you can actually learn like personal finance 
Everything okay. I studied was like corporate finance, yeah. aka accounting. So Got yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to like work with individuals, yeah, and, and on a personal level. So, well, the the one thing that kind of drove me to it was I was in the NFL, and I'm like looking around, and I'm like, these guys need some serious help, help. <laughs> because they didn't come from much. I mean, you yeah. know, if you yeah. never had it, and all of a sudden it's poured on you, and then you have family members and friends you never knew about coming out. Right, uh, but most of the guys, you know, I don't know how much it is. It's probably like eighty percent of the money is made by like the top ten percent of the guys. Right, but everybody tries to live at the ten percent sure level. So I imagine that your your dad being in the NFL back in the seventies, I guess seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine the contracts were not as lucrative as they are yeah, he now. He reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> so, so he He's had like, you made more than I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So he really wanted to push you into this understanding that there, you gotta have, you gotta yeah. be ready for something after this. I mean, he always makes the joke because they didn't have like spring ball and stuff like that, OTAs and all this stuff. But uh, he would always make a joke about making more money in the off season than he would during the season, and because he was, he'd be like a travel agent or whatever. Yeah, he's owned businesses throughout, but. I saw these guys, I'm like, man, it'd really be nice to help these guys out. Mm-hmm. So I got into the business thinking, hey, maybe I'll go after some of the players and try to help them out. Yeah. And then I quickly, Like Arliss, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that show? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's... And, 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 <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No one like, remembers like the rock and the rock and ballers, you know. Yeah, okay, that's better. Yeah, that's, that's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's better, better suits. Yeah, yeah. and uh, more likable character. <laughs> so, I quick. So when I got into the business, I, I talked to a guy who had worked with athletes in the past, and he gave me a pretty good warning. He's like, Digger, I don't know if you want to spend, you know, Saturdays picking up your phone, talking to a twenty-five-year-old guy about whether he should buy a seventy-five-thousand-dollar car. <laughs> And I'm like, God, that does sound awful. Because yeah. <laughs> the answer's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're no, not listening but to they you. But they do have a ton of money. Yeah. And um, and the other thing was, it's like, if you're not in with their agent, I mean, you don't even get, a, like, a knock at the door. No, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, like, really weirdly agent-related. Needless to say, I worked with a few guys, most of them being offensive linemen, mm-hmm. mainly because most of the time, if a, guy, a younger guy has a family, the planning process is actually more important to them. Yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah, I got kids. I got to do this. But if you're 24 and you're single, you got a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah. So not the best client. Yeah. And you're in <laughs> New Jersey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so needless to say, no, I did not take on athletes. But that's kind of what drove me to it was trying to help those guys out. Then you get out in the real world, and there's just people either don't understand it, so they don't even try to comprehend it or get involved with it. Right. Unfortunately, or they just make very, very poor decisions with their money. Yeah, yeah. I've done that a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been there. So that's um. This is the main reason. Like the football stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's cool. And I wanted to talk about that for sure yeah. because it's interesting. Yeah, outside of yeah. outside of a girl I went to high school with who's now married to D'Angelo Williams. Like you're my oh, only man. you're yeah. my only touchstone to man. football. Yeah. Because I've never got to meet him. <laughs> And I know her. But you know like, her. Yeah, yeah. But she was two years younger than I. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I it met, counts. I met Reggie White once. Oh, that's yeah, all you needed. That's sweet. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. He was, he was balls. You never met the star of Kazam, but you know. No, I've not done that. <laughs> Way to put that in perspective. Yeah. I think he was an extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was. I think he had already. Reggie White's a big deal. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. This to me is a is a better, I guess, segment or part of the show where we get to talk about that financial area because you're a young guy. Mm-hmm. Tim and I are both staring 40 in the face. Mm-hmm. 
Tim, like hardcore. Tim before me. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's coming. So but one of the 30s. things, yeah, one yeah. of the things that my wife and I have been focusing on is our financial situation because we came up in, like, I worked in coffee shops mm-hmm. and, and breweries, and now I own my own business, and the government needs six thousand dollars a year. Because I own my own business, you know sure. what I mean. Oh yeah, um, minimum. <laughs> right, exactly. There, yeah, there have been times we're trying to just now get a better understanding because we were not taught how to take care of money, especially being in the Memphis area. You're not taught right. how to take care of money. Yeah, we talked about that in another podcast where you know in high school they they taught accounting in the high school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Like we learned accounting. Yeah. But personal finance and like even how to write a check. Like all yeah. these different things like that, you know, what a mortgage is, how to get a mortgage, what kind or, of mortgages. God forbid, just teach them about a credit card. So they <laughs> yeah. know what's about compound of in interest yeah. is pretty it's free important. Money. Yeah. yeah, it's free yeah. money. That's twenty four percent to them. Yeah. It's a shark loan. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. Anyone so, else would be arrested. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that you have a you have a great value mm-hmm. put on to this, but really, what are the real world implications with our political and economic client right now and I have a personal opinion that the middle class is being taken away mm-hmm. so that there will only be poor and wealthy that's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion but how important is it for you to grab on to these people who are in between the ages of 18 and 30 mm-hmm. like is that like is that your goal to to train them and teach them or do you want to help people who are approaching empty nest like myself and right. Tim. So it's funny, you know, when you get into business, it's one of those things where if you could fog a mirror, I'm signing you up. I'm like, I, you know, you just need yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever. Yeah. But as you grow, it's kind of, you're fortunate enough, or hopefully you're fortunate enough to kind of be picky or choosy with mm-hmm. who your clients are. So it, let me backtrack. So I went three years on my own, which was tough. I mean, that's why there's not a lot of people in this business my age. I'm 32. Yeah. And, um, because it's a struggle. So I had a little bit of a nest egg in there that I spent trying to survive in this business and a very patient wife, thank God, that never questioned what I was doing, which I very much appreciate. Yeah. And uh, so, cause I always was like, this is what I feel like I should be doing. After three years with Lincoln Financial on my own, got recruited away to a bank, Raymond James and First Financial Bank here. Mm-hmm. And then right when I left, my partner now recruited me back. So I was 11 months, right back to Lincoln. So he's been doing this 33 years. So Joe's clientele, because Joe's 66, is like 50 to 70. Right. You know, mine's always kind of been 30 to 55. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we kind of complement each other well. Yeah. But 18 to 30 uh, is a tricky time frame because if you put yourself like in my shoes, you know, you only have so many hours of the day and you're not running a nonprofit, you know? So you have sure. to like, you know, unfortunately you have to kind of say, what's my, you know, what do I need to do time-wise to make, you know, a profit? Yeah. Having said that though, we'll pretty much meet with anybody. We meet with a lot of people who get like referred to us and they'll come in and they're just not in a position to invest money or, and, and so I always tell them, it's not like we charge for that first meeting, but they'll leave there with like three or four tips. Most of the time that first tip is, please God, get your emergency reserve up. Just like a liquid savings. Right. Because uh, they're like, oh, I'm ready to start investing. I'm like, what happens if your furnace goes out? Yeah. And I'm like, I just put on my credit card. I'm like, no, God, don't do that. <laughs> That's not yeah. Go back to the credit card. <laughs> Pay those things off at the end of every month. So no, I mean, we, we've kind of, we're trying to hire a new advisor, which might take on some more younger clients. But we've been a little bit pickier. So we don't have a minimum. There's a lot of advisor firms that say like, if you don't have a million bucks, we're not even going to sit down with you. Yeah. We don't think that's right because we got into business to help people. But we do say, you know, if, if basically if you don't have over 
a half a million to invest, we'll still work with you. But what we're going to do is just charge an upfront like planning fee. Yeah. Because it's one, there's skin in the game. For sure. Because uh, there's a lot of work that's done up front. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if we're doing the work, we want you to be involved in it and actually take recommendations. And two, it's a break even for us. It's like, well, now they're a client, so they can kind of grow with us. Because I can't tell you how often the older clients are like, God, if I'd have known this like 30 years ago, it'd yeah. be totally different. Yeah. And, and we'll get people that come in who, this is the worst conversation in our business. They'll come in at like 59 years old and they're like, I want to retire at 65. And we're like, what do you want to retire on? They say, you know, whatever, 80 grand a year. And we're looking and you just have you to have tell them why. Like, you're like, yeah, you- I'm like, either <laughs> you need to either save a lot more money, you need to drastically lower your lifestyle in retirement. Or you need to consider yeah. that retirement is also work. Yeah, or you got to keep working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to keep working. And it's not a comfortable conversation, but that's not why people pay me. So I can tell them lies and say you're going to be fine. Right. So, you know, it, and so that's why I said if you can get in while you're, you know, late 30s or 30 or 21. Yeah. I mean, hell, I've seen some kids who started Roth IRAs when they're 18. Well, that's what grows drastically. That's what I'm wanting to talk a little bit more about because yeah. in a personal aspect, my daughter graduates high school next weekend and she's 18 in August she'll be 19 and she's also about to be uh, moved into a management position at her job so she's gonna get a four dollar raise and like 15 more hours per week which is great yeah so I'm already telling her about opening up a Roth IRA Mm -hmm. would you say that someone who's just coming out of high school 18 19 20 years old would that be the first and best move for them to make? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what their goals are. If if they, I mean, especially because she's getting a pay raise, I always say if you're gonna get a pay raise, you've already been living your life at this level here. Right. And now you're getting a pay raise. So I also understand that you should also increase your lifestyle. I'm not a guy that's like, you should just save everything. Cause I don't yeah. think that's it's not what it's about. I saw your truck, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> my old truck had roll up windows. So, right. yeah, yeah. This one has side mirrors that roll <laughs> in towards that's you. That's right, yeah, yeah, it does everything. My, my current truck has roll up windows. <laughs> oh, they're great, man. We need to talk if they break, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. It's paid for though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. True. So, um, you know, when you get a pay raise, I'll take, for example, my wife, Liz, she got, you know, let's say she gets a 4% pay raise. I just, I do it and I tell her what I'm doing, but I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and increase your 401k 2%. Yeah. Now your paycheck still goes up, but so does what you're saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your lifestyle can go up. So for her, since she's getting a pay raise, if they, if their company offers a 401k, typically mm-hmm. there's a match. Yeah. It's free money. Yeah. yeah. Just at least meet the match. If not, getting a hundred percent return on investment is pretty hard. So yeah, I know. if you're not, doing <laughs> I always tell in a meeting, I'll just put a tough. dollar down. I'm like, hey, if you put a dollar down, you can have that dollar. And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't I do that? Right. So, this makes sense. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And I, we try to make it very simple because the same reason if you gave me a guitar right now, I wouldn't know what the hell to do. So I don't expect you to know what we do, but we educate you right. on why you're doing the things you're doing. So a Roth IRA would actually be a very good move for her because you know I always say if you're putting money away for retirement. Make sure it's for retirement. But a Roth IRA has a couple caveats. So she could actually take it out for a first-time home purchase. Mm -hmm. And then really after five years, she could take it out, um, what she's put in, out tax-free if she needed it. So she can get that money to work for her, but it's still there kind of if she wants to grab it. Gotcha. So, yeah, it would be a great move. And then just keep debt to a minimum, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can sum that up by saying, I always tell people this, because I don't budget. I hate budgeting. It word yeah. sucks, doesn't it? It's like, oh, it's and, the most, and people who do budget, it sits on the fridge. They don't even follow it. Right. So uh, my thing is always pay yourself first and just set a savings goal. And then once that's done, whatever's left at the end of the day, 
spend it guilt free. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think having your money put to work for you is the most important thing. Yeah. So your your focus is more the people in our age range and probably our listener age range too, I would assume. So that like yeah. thirty to fifty. What's the smartest thing that we can do right now? If let's just say first scenario is have minimal savings mm-hmm. but want to get to a point where they can retire comfortably mm-hmm. like house is paid off at 65 and we're just you know thousand twelve hundred bucks a month hanging out mm-hmm. what's this, the smartest thing to do first yeah and, and people obsess about having the house paid off at retirement joe and i we could care less i mean because if you die and there's you owe 100 and the house is worth 300 your kids are probably going to sell anyways that's true you know? yeah. so yeah and people just obsess about it and if your mortgage rates you know four percent that's pretty dang good yeah that's the only good debt really you know you can have on there but for somebody 30 to 50 here's what typically happens you get out of college and you start making decent money so you up your lifestyle and you get married, and you have kids, and that's where you're spending your money. You know, and then all of a sudden, by the time they're out of the house, you're like 50, and you're like, oh, crap, I need to save for retirement. Yeah. And when really, the earlier you put your money to work for you, it compounds tremendously over time. But I would always say try to eliminate bad debt at 30 to 55. So something's got to change in the student loan area. But, I mean, we still have clients who are 40, 40-something, and still paying student debts. So well, if when, I, when they when they come out with a mortgage... For student debt, I mean that's what it is. Yeah, like yeah. eighty to one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and the people I really feel bad for are like school teachers. They come out and they have like one hundred twenty. I'm like, sweet, you're gonna be Wait, paying this. For yeah, me. I knew a missionary. Oh gosh, who <laughs> came out of school, one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. Well. And then became a missionary yeah. somewhere. That's never like, being paid. <laughs> yeah, never paid and there are some like tricks right. now with like you know if you work for I think the government or a nonprofit for ten years you actually yeah get found out paid. about that after I paid off my student loans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I need See, an advisor. I needed somebody. <laughs> yeah, so I was about 22 years old yeah. when I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I was just like I'm going to pay off all my debt. So yeah. I was just like. All right, all of it. It's all gone. Like yeah. that's what I wanted to do. That's great. And, um, yeah, it's great. But looking back, I'm like, I could have sat on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. Because the ten year mark has passed. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still paying for a degree I do not have. Yeah, yeah, seventy five bucks a month. Yeah, and, 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 away. Just, and those things will eat people yeah. eat people away because most of those loans are like six point eight seven percent. Yeah, so you don't want to touch high. Well, yeah. Oh, really? That's high. Because well, you if you put your money debts. to work in the market, we always do it like this. If you got your money working hard for you in the market and you're earning eight to ten percent on average per year, seven's pretty dang close to that. So mm-hmm. if you're paying three on your debt and you're making eight, I would say let's have your money work hard for you and pay that yeah. slower. But seven percent, you just get to a fine line where you're like, let's just get rid of this damn thing. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I get nervous about debts now because I'm finally the past I'd say well, honest truth, <laughs> since my wife and I got together, my financial world has become almost completely freedom. Like it's been great. Yeah. Um, because she is super smart. Yeah. And she knows how to take care of our money and she won't let me do stupid crap, which I love to do. I get six lattes a day. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> I work three jobs. I don't care. 30 bucks. Right. 36 yeah. bucks. Yeah. So she has helped to change everything. Like my whole world is different now. It's yeah. all different. That's good. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But we, I'm in that spot where I'm like, why don't we, why don't we pay off this credit card? So we invested in a bar downtown. Okay. And we got, she got us, she got, because her credit's better. She got a no interest 18 month. <clears throat> card and she was like if we make this this many payments 
we'll have it paid off a month early and we won't have any interest paid at all. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. But now it's getting to a point now where that's winding down and we should, we'll have it paid off in October. And I'm like, why don't we just go ahead and pay it off? I've got extra money tucked away. Let's just pay it off and get it over with. And she's like, there's no interest. It's free money. We don't have to worry <laughs> about like, it. Yeah. I understand what she's saying. Like, <laughs> she's saying our car, our yeah. car payments are have like I think like maybe nine percent. Yeah. And she's like, if we're gonna do anything, we should put it on the car. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, but we own eight thousand on the car and only four thousand on this loan. Yeah. Why don't we pay the loan off and then dump the other? And she's like, just. Let me take care of it. <laughs> so I go back to eating chips I and watching TV. You just so got confirmation. So sometimes, yeah, 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 sometimes when people have like five or six debts out there, like credit cards, student loan, car. I mean, Dave Ramsey. Have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Of course. I, I like some of his stuff. There. Yeah, did you? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I got offered the job. Yeah, he's. He I doesn't mean, pay well. I, yeah, maybe that's how he's killing it. So now he's doing a free podcast. Yeah, I'll show you, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. You're out there. And You're not he, listening. He's the king of like getting out of debt. I mean, yeah, yeah the snowball. But sometimes, if there's just some people, just need a psychological win. Mm-hmm. So it's like. What if we just got rid of like one or two of these? It just right. and then you kind of build on that. I think that's why the snowball works. Is it yeah. is a psychological win? It's, yeah, it's it's gone. Yep. And now I can focus on these. It I can't tell me. you how many people will pay a, a, a loan off or a debt, and they were paying six hundred a car. They're paying six hundred bucks a month on, and then the next day or the next week after it's paid off, uh, a month goes by, and you just go, "Where'd that six hundred a month go?" They oh no, it just no, it just gets it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing. Like if you're paying something this whole time, start paying yourself the six hundred bucks a month. Right. People, well, that's, you have to set it up automatically. Yeah, or it yeah, ain't yeah. gonna happen. I, I tried right to. Sure. I was telling Gloria that because I, I said my thought process was we're paying seven hundred bucks a month on this. Yeah. <clears throat> Once we get it paid off, we give ourselves a raise seven hundred bucks yeah. a month. We start putting that on the car, and then we pay it off. You know, five months earlier. And get it yeah. done. Like yeah. I'm thinking that snowball yeah, plus thing. Plus the car, right? You got a bunch so of cheese. Coming. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. Because I'm telling her, I'm like, I want eleven hundred dollars back a month. <laughs> what are you gonna do with that? He's gonna spend it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Like that. I, I told you about you, my lattes, Digger. <laughs> well, that's where you could literally. I mean, you know, again, maybe it's not all eleven hundred. Again, because I'm not a big. You know, we've had we've had we have clients that have been just strict savers their whole life. Mm-hmm. And now we sit in a meeting with them and they're 70 some years old and we're trying to get them to spend their money. Yeah. And it's just like, it had this whole like penny, penny, you know, and I'm like, gosh, uh, some of them are philanthropic. So we, we've got them going in a charitable direction, which is well, great, but they're terrified. Tell, to them, who, tell them about us. The yeah, philanthropic ones. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that needy children thing? Yeah. yeah. Sorry about it. I guess I have several hats I'd love yeah. to get off my hands. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 she, and, the, and the one woman I'm thinking of in particular, I'm like, we're just like, God, please spend your money. She's like, I'm going to travel. We're like, go, travel. Like, yeah. Please. God. So I'm going to travel to we're Cleveland. Like, unless, if she runs out of money, I if, she run, if you run out of money, I sure as hell will not be sitting across from you because I will be out long gone out of the job. Yeah. If you run out of money. So For sure. That means all hell broke loose. Yeah. So you get in that mode. Of, of saving and that just becomes who you are mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to change that I know someone yeah. who was who is still very 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 wealthy mm-hmm. uh, saved up a ton of money um, I talked to him about I was like what are you going to do with your money and he's like well I'm not going to give it to those kids you know like this is his mentality yeah. now like everything was for the family up <laughs> yeah. at some point and then there was a shift where this is just who he is now. Yeah. He still shops at the the uh, dented can store. Like oh, I don't yeah. even know what they call that store, See, but he just like you know <laughs> never increased his lifestyle. <clears throat> no, never did. Thank Keeps I mean, <laughs> cans cans of, of peaches that were swelling. Yeah, like you don't eat that. No, like, don't buy, I know it's five cents. <laughs> 
cans with no label. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't buy that. Yeah. No, no, that's fun. That's a fun game yeah, to play. It's kind of a fun game. But yeah, like, that's a pull and pray. That's but, just gonna eat that. And, uh, so who knows what is in there? But but that's who he is. And yeah. so he was talking about. Um, he's like. Yep, my wife needs some more of those orthopedic shoes, but they don't cover them but for once a year. And I'm not getting there anymore. I'm like, spend some money! Yeah, like, you have it. <laughs> like, come on! And then, and then I've seen on the flip side where somebody makes a half million dollars and they spend a half million and one dollar every year. Yeah. And those are the people, do that. you know, and that, again, those aren't good clients. And you tell them, like, here's what you're doing wrong. But if they don't want to take advice, hey, retirement to some people, or I call it financial independence, when you have the ability to do what you want to do. Yeah. So you wake up one day and you go, I don't have to go to work today. Yeah. I think it's pretty sweet. And because uh, you probably, and most people we talk to still want to do something. Because I can tell you right now, if you retire and you just stop doing every, anything, you decline very quickly. Yeah, people like in three years. I mean, they just like they decline because they don't have a reason to get up every morning. Right, and they start getting up at eight, then they get up at nine, then they get up at ten. Tim, have I hit your time frame yet? Are you up? <laughs> I'm up at six o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, <laughs> every morning. So. I don't look like it, but I'm up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, because he goes to bed at five because he doesn't watch sports. <laughs> That's right. There's no, nothing to do. There's no West Coast game That's on. Right. <laughs> no, the other yeah, the other thing because a lot of people like coin our profession. With just investments, they're like investments. That's probably like twenty percent of the pie. So a lot of times when people come to us, they might have an insurance person, a CPA, uh, an attorney, an investment person. The problem is none of those people are speaking to each other. So how the hell can they do what's best for you? Yeah. If they're not speaking mm. to each other, so we kind of take on a quarterback role. Excuse the football analogy, but didn't even get we take on the quarterback <laughs> role <laughs> and, uh, and and make sure all those things are coordinated. And yeah. because investments is one piece, but if you pass away and you don't have your estate planning done, it's a freaking nightmare. Yeah, I think probably it's funny because that's probably one of the most important things to get done in your financial plan, and it's always like people's last because it's them dying. They don't know what it wants to think yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't want to think about it. <clears throat> but we make sure, our, and it doesn't pay us anything more or less to, to help them with their estate plan but we say you need to get this done it's extremely important yeah. um, and then you have life insurance which you know when you have kids that's extremely important uh, one other I would say the most important insurance you probably need is disability insurance so if you can't create your own paycheck, you better have a, re- a way to bring in money. You mean I can't clean toilets for the rest of my life? <laughs> right, right. Whether it's your back going out or, God forbid, cancer. I mean, most people think of it's like they get hit in a car accident and yeah. you can't work. No, most of the time it's sickness. So, and then, and then obviously college savings and retirement planning and all that. But it, it all works together. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, people just kind of have things all over the place. Um, and so it doesn't work for what's best for you guys. So you, I, I you, have things all over the place. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, I just do. It, it, you guys kind of pull that, the majority of that together then. Yeah. And kind of have it, like for lack of a better term, a, a, like a big box store, like a Lowe's. You can go in and get I like to refer to ourselves as a boutique financial planner. So not oh, a big box store. Isn't that a well, term right now, boutique? <laughs> I think it is. But especially yeah, so if, you're, like if you're dealing Fidelity, with the amount of money that you box. are. Like Fidelity's yeah. kind of like big box because you're going to go there. They're who I've had experience with in the past. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes if you don't have enough money with them, when you call in, you're calling the 1-800 number. You yeah. don't know who you're going to talk to. So how the hell can that person know what your story is? Right. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, we try to how we know everything, uh, most everything about our clients. Uh, and you sell them. that, right? That's right. That's right. We make our money. I'm just kidding. That does not happen. No, it does not. No. <laughs> Don't want to tarnish the name. No. <laughs> but I mean, you look at like Joe, who's 66, been doing this 33 years. 
I mean, he has four generations of clientele that he works with. Yeah. And you don't keep that unless you're doing a good job. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we get referred a lot. I think it's because I think we have, sometimes I think it's a little bit too high touch of a service, but we're, we're pretty high touch with what we do in terms of staying in front of clients. Yeah. So if, if I called you and was like, should I buy this $75,000 car? I'd be like, how much cheese are you working with? <laughs> They'd be like, not that. <laughs> yeah. He's well, a government employee. And what you say? <laughs> keep driving that truck with the roll-up window. All right. All right. <laughs> Easy. Done. <laughs> I just fixed the alternator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By himself. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, with his own hands. So I think we, uh, I think we may have covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. NFL did it. Captain of uh, of your collegiate yeah. team did it. Financial planner, advisor, guru, still doing it. Truck with windows that fold in, done it. You've you've covered all the bases. The last one was the most important. Yeah. Too. Well, even better, it gets better. You met the guy from Kazam. That's right. Yeah. You got a haircut. You met the guy from Kazam. Whatever his name was. That pretty much summarized the whole. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we I think we get it now. Yeah, yeah we got the whole scope. What's um, up next? Retirement. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Let's Meet podcast. On the next episode of Let's Meet, we'll find out exactly how Digger plans to retire and we discuss renovations. For more information, please visit our website at letsmeetpodcast.com and please subscribe. Nice to meet you. Let's meet. Hello. Let's meet. What you doing? Hey, hello.